You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Today we are talking about parity for mental health care. That is, the idea that mental health care should be covered under the same terms as physical health care, which is often not the case. Welcome to the Washington Health Report. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. My guest is California Congressman Pete Stark, a senior member of the House Ways and Means Committee and chairman of its health subcommittee and sponsor and patron of all kinds of uh, legislation related to health. Welcome to the show, Congressman Stark. Thank you very much, Paul. So uh, on mental health parity, there is a parity law on the books in Washington now. What does that do and, and what needs to be fixed in that, in your view? Well, we passed the law back in 66 but it wasn't... Or 96? Yeah, 96. Right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It took the lifetime and annual dollar limits off, but insurance companies got around it by imposing treatment limits and raising deductibles and copays. So it basically wasn't a complete parity bill, and it did not uh, provide parity for uh, benefits for substance abuse and so forth. So it was a start, but it needs to be expanded. Just a piece of the solution. Why do we have this situation where mental health is covered differently from physical health. I mean, schizophrenia and pneumonia are both serious illnesses. Why this disparity? I suppose it's a hangover from the old snake pits and the idea of crazy bins and uh, people treating mental illness as some kind of a moral and and religious sign of the devil. I mean, seriously, I think that that kind of idea of that kind of prejudice is stuck with us a long that, time. That, that mental illness is some sort of evil thing. Yeah, it's a mark of the devil or a mark of impurity. You know, the, I, I'm serious. And, and so the, these are people to be avoided and to be, in the old days to be locked away in asylums. And I'm afraid that is a leftover, yeah. a hangover from that kind of an approach. I guess there are various bills under consideration in, in probably in the House side and the Senate side about mental health parity. Is that right? That's right. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of those and about what yours in particular would do? Well, there are two bills before the House Ways and Means Committee. Uh, one bill, my good friend Jim Ramstead, a Republican from Minneapolis, is co-sponsored by Patrick Kennedy, a Democrat from Rhode Island. And they basically would induce parity for all mental health treatments, including substance abuse. And this would be for the private sector, for Blue Cross Blue Shield and for the under-65 population. Uh, I have a companion bill, which I just cribbed from them, which would apply this same parity to the Medicare population, which requires a different bill because that's a government insurance plan, and uh, the private insurance plan rules wouldn't apply to them. So this would cover those of us who are over 65, and uh, it's badly needed in the Medicare program. So we have two bills. The Senate has a bill. Patrick's uh, father, Senator Kennedy, has a bill on the Senate side uh, that covers much the same issues. I think Senator Rockefeller has a bill that deals with some kind of some of the parity issues. Right now, do you have a Republican co-sponsorship for your proposal at this point? I have Jim Ramstead and some of the Republicans on our health subcommittee have sponsored it. Uh, the Ramstead Kennedy bill, I think, had in the last Congress. Uh, north of 250 co-sponsors and on a bipartisan basis. So we're moving, and the president indicated that he'd support some kind of parity bill. So I think the only opposition has come some from the Chamber of Commerce types and the manufacturing types who are worried about costs, and um, I think that's 
not a valid worry, but that's the only opposition we've heard. What about that? Are there estimates of the costs of this? Uh, do we believe these estimates? We've given employers a, a way out, said if, if the costs go up 1% or 2%, uh, you can get out. The Federal Employees Health Benefit Plan went to parity recently, and it's had no additional costs. We think there'd be some savings, both in employee uh, productivity and employee morale, uh, if you started to treat employees early and uh, didn't have them end up going in an inpatient basis to some kind of treatment center, could save a lot of money. These are all conjectures, but we're pretty confident that it would be a, a savings to the entire social cost of medical treatment. Yeah, so let me just underscore one thing you said there, went by quickly, was that the, the federal employees have parity now, mental health right. parity, and that there has been no increase in cost? Is That's that right? my understanding. Wow, that's, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's impressive. And there may indeed be a savings because of less hospitalization. That's, that's a little harder to categorize, but it's likely. Now, there could be a cost, uh, maybe a couple hundred million dollars a year in Medicare because we would eliminate the heavy cost sharing. In Medicare now, you pay 20% of a doctor's bill for physiological care, but for mental health, you pay a 50% copay. If we kick that up to 20%, there would be that cost initially that would would uh, inure to Medicare. Uh, for those of you who have just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. We're talking to Congressman Pete Stark of California about mental health parity. Now, you made a special mention of substance abuse. That's another one, I, I think, that often falls into that uh, for some people, that's uh, that's an illness. For others, that's bad behavior and, and ought to be punished. I, is it in a bit of a separate category? Well, it's treat. I think people react to it. You know, it's it's very quick to label a person a junkie or a drunk, and that runs through the society. Unfortunately, uh, the fact is that substance abuse and alcohol abuse, being the leading substance that's abused, uh, can be treated. And should be treated. And caught early would save a lot of money in, in not only just in medical care costs, but in social costs, in costs to families and broken families, all of those sorts of things. So that if we're going to treat illnesses, of which uh, alcoholism and substance abuse are certainly included, then we ought to cover them all. And I think we'd be better off for it. There has been an attempt to eliminate substance abuse as a benefit. And uh, we don't think it, that should be done. Now, what what has been the situation we've been in with this disparity between physical health and mental health? What has been the consequence of that? Do we have, um, does that mean that, that many people are not getting treatment who, who would get treatment under a parity situation? Well, what it, what it means now is that we're, we're institutionalizing a lot of people who otherwise could receive out-treatment patients. Uh, care, uh, uh, patient care, right? Yeah, and and still continue to function either in the workplace or at home. And once you ignore the kinds of treatment that is often necessary, either medication or counseling, uh, you let the illness get to the point where it does require you to hospitalize someone, and then then you've got a real expensive cost. So uh, that's what's been happening. And we've been overutilizing, at least in many of our opinions, the hospitalization route by not getting counseling and or some kind of medication early on. Now, let me, uh, I, I hesitate a bit, but I, I can't help 
but think uh, when thinking about mental health care about the Virginia Tech shooting and uh, the young man there who apparently gave off all kinds of warning signs and was recognized by a lot of people and who didn't get treatment that, you know, that might or might not have prevented what happened. Um, I don't know that insurance or, or mental health parity was an issue there, but does that say something about our mental health system? Does that, and, and in fact, does that shooting affect the politics one way or the other of trying to get a bill like this passed? Well, the shooting didn't seem to affect the politics of, of gun control or a lot of other things that we should be talking about. Although it seems to me that educators, classroom teachers are just more than ever alert to signs of incipient mental illness so that there could be times when there are cultural concerns where families are embarrassed or where there is a feeling that it's a leftover from those myths of the past that some kind of mental illness is something that you have to hide because it's a shameful thing. And uh, I don't know whether that, I suppose all of those things apply to the tragedy in Virginia. Some of our listeners are, are doctors. We are a channel aimed at medical professionals. I think if I use the phrase the Stark regulations, you, you may not be a, a popular person with some doctors. Uh, I don't know what you think about that. But uh, what role do doctors have in the, in the mental health parity battle? My guess would be that they would be supportive of it. The only thing that I can think of is that it may encourage more practitioners to, uh, who may not be involved in directly in the treatment of mental illness to, to be aware of it. Pediatricians, for example, should be ever aware of uh, symptoms that children would show that indicate that perhaps they should receive counseling early on and be aware of it at a, at a very young age, it seems to me. And that's often not the case. Perhaps the people who deal with in the geriatric field, which I'm more familiar with recently, uh, ought to be looking to the fact of depression in, in us old folks. So I think that the entire, particularly primary care part of, of acute care uh, should become more aware. And if they could refer people without fear that, that their insurance wouldn't cover it, they might do that. I think that the people in, who are concerned with our mental and physical well-being uh, should applaud this move. So th this, in other words, this has ripple effects throughout medicine, not just in psychiatry and therapy and so forth. I would hope so. Now, some states already have some parity bills. Would the, would the federal bill, would it undermine any of the state programs? We, we, hope not. we okay. do not want to, we would build a floor. Uh, below which a state couldn't go in terms of what what, they, what would be available to people. But if states wanted to do more than the federal legislation, they could. So we would have a, a federal floor, and, and there are, I think, 26 states that may now have parity bills of one sort or another, and we certainly wouldn't want to frustrate their efforts. Yeah, that uh, that is a thing that sometimes happens in these things, where these kinds of things where the federal re regulations supplant state regulations and are sometimes not as strong. We would not, it. and definitely those which are more generous than the ones that, that we're suggesting. Mm -hmm, right. Now, you have been involved in a, a lot of medical areas. I know that you're working on uh, other kinds of uh, changes with Medicare and prescription drugs and universal health care and, and so forth. What has drawn you to this interest, particularly in mental health? Do you have any personal uh, connection, or, or how, how did you get so involved in this? I've always been interested in seeing that we treat mental health in our Medicare plans, which I've been involved in. There are people who tell you that I should have had this kind of treatment long ago. Our young children have received counseling on, on issues that we think is important, and uh, I'm more aware of it in, 
in the school for young kids. We have kids in, in the primary grades, and um, it's a lot different than my older children who are in their 50s, and, and they, when they were in the primary grades, uh, this whole concept was somewhat different. So I think that the country is becoming ever more sophisticated, and I think the people who provide the treatment are, have increasingly higher skills, and we have medications. There may be sometimes too many of those, but nonetheless, we have a variety of treatments now, and uh, it's a lot a lot of improvement over just locking people away. Well, we're out of time. Thanks uh, for being with us. My guest has been Congressman Pete Stark of California. Thanks for taking the time to talk to Paul, us. Paul, it's been a pleasure. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. You've been listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thanks for listening.